some people may get frustrated, I think, going down this path saying, you know, I'm, do I'm doing all this work. Why isn't this coming to my life? And it, I, I believe you have to truly surrender. You, you do. You have to truly surrender to the process and, and embrace the process. You're listening to Wellbeing Created, a podcast that breaks down the stigmas and creates the conversations surrounding well-being in the creative fields. My name is Harrison Diskin, and I'll be sitting down with creators of all types to discuss how they manage the inevitable stress, anxiety, and health choices that come along with creating in today's wild world. Hey, it's Harrison. Welcome back to Wellbeing Creative. While this podcast has been on a hiatus, the world seems to be reaching a breaking point in many aspects. This unique year has already been a tough one, and it seems to get crazier by the day. It is clear that many people are struggling in many different ways, and I think it's important more now than ever to continue conversations around these struggles. That is why I'm excited to bring Wellbeing Creative back for more episodes. So stay tuned, stay subscribed, and share this with your friends. Just a heads up, Today's episode was my first remote recording, and unfortunately, I experienced some audio issues that were unfixable. While the issues can be a bit annoying at times, the conversation is filled with so many nuggets of gold, it was not worth cutting anything out. So please bear with me as we adjust to the new format and enjoy my conversation with Chris Forte from Ybars. Hey, it's Harrison, and my guest today is a very cool and inspiring individual. Chris Forte is amongst many things, an author, a yogi, and the co-founder of Y-Bars, personally my favorite snack bar. Chris's background comes from different multitudes of business, sports, and spirituality, and I know throughout his life, he has encountered some moments that have given him some insight to be who he is today, and I'm excited to learn more about that. So with that, I'd like to introduce Chris Forte to Wellbeing Creative. Hey, Chris, how's it going? Hey, Harrison, thanks for having me. Grateful. Yeah, of course, man. Um, so I'm excited to sit down with you because obviously I was introduced through Y-Bars, um, but, uh, you know, I didn't realize, you know, how deep into the Detroit yoga community you are and, uh, you know, some of your background with business and sports. And so, uh, kind of want to rewind and start back in the day. Um, I've learned that you were kind of a pretty serious baseball player. Uh, sounds like you even had a stint at the little league world series and later at the collegiate level. So can you tell me a little bit about that part of your life? Sure. And it's in a way it's all intertwined. So just stick mm -hmm. with me. And uh, yeah, grew up loving playing uh, baseball. And obviously we played little league back then. And, you know, it was 1982. And mm -hmm. back then the little league world series, the only time the little league world series game was on TV was the, the world championship. And that was on ABC. Why world of sports. Mm -hmm. So um, it was the only game at that time. Now you, there's all these games before to even get to the World Series. But anyway, uh, the U.S. had not won in a long time, had not won in a long time. And I think it was like 14 years in a row, a team from Taiwan won. Mm -hmm. And the U.S. was in the final of this 1982 game. And I was 11 years old watching it on TV. And, and this guy, Cody Webster, was pitching. Mm -hmm. And make a long story short, they wind up winning the game. I'll never forget just saying, man, how cool would it be to pitch on that mound next year? Fast forward, 1983. No way. You know, you yeah. don't even think about it. We lost our very first game. Mm -hmm. And then we rattled off 19 in a row, eventually got to the World Series, eventually got to the U.S. final. And then I was called into relief pitch the game. And we had a lead. And the winner would go to the final game make a long story short, we lost that game, uh, 9-8, and, um, and the team that beat us went up winning the next game and being world champions. And wow. so I felt like, like that was the height of my career. And what I mean by that is, you know, playing in front of like 15, 20,000 fans. And mm -hmm. then even as you grew older, 13, 14, 15, having those fan bases just from that experience, um, you know, led to, you know, just, really a great experience and you know as a kid is my dream was always to be a professional baseball player and right. were you scouted uh, by college colleges and all that yeah, yeah little little uh division two schools but there was a kid older than me in my high school uh a year older that went on to play division one baseball at university of dayton in ohio mm -hmm. and he said chris i think you could walk on and make it yeah mm -hmm. that's what i did and i'll never forget february 
our first game. Uh, we're playing Ohio State. There's some snows up to, snow up to my ankles, and two of my freshman friends drove up to watch the game in their stands with a couple beers, and I was like, I want to be with them. Yeah. And that was, that was kind of like the light bulb went on, like, okay, you know. Yeah. That, that's my, my time is done in baseball. And I finished out the year, and then I was done. Yeah, that was my next question, actually. It was like, at what point did you realize that it wouldn't necessarily be your, your you know, lifelong career? And, and was yeah. it difficult to come to terms with? It was cool to come to terms with. And it was because, you know, I, for myself, the validation was it really takes hard work in anything um, if you want to excel to that level. And what are you willing to put in? And maybe still not feel that, but you may not even have all the talents and the abilities. Um, but what's amazing um, is if you work hard enough, it's fantastic. And I'm just going to share this little story. Mm-hmm. Why bars in Oakland University. So we're the official superfood snack bar for Oakland, Oakland Athletics, Oakland mm-hmm. University here. And I don't know if you watch the, the, the Major League Baseball having the playoffs. Well, right. Tampa, Tampa Bay beat the New York Yankees. And the individual, I forgot his name, who hit the home run mm-hmm. was from Oakland University. Wow. Got $1,000 to sign on with the Rays minor league team and just got called up and look what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's like a common story in sports. You know, it's, they can be an anomaly, but also they stand out because, you know, it's like a lot of teams will give up on certain players and they get passed around these leagues or to the B teams. And, yeah. you know, it's hard to necessarily make something when you're, when you're getting passed over like that and you, you hear the success stories and it's really inspiring. Um, right. even, even if it's not like uh, in sports, but you can parallel that to a lot of other things in life. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we, you kind of mentioned it a little bit, um, but it sounds like you got a really good takeaway from the organized sports as far as, you know, some of the structure and rigidity in, in, in that. And um, do you think that that really set the foundation for later on in life being, you know? I, I did in many ways. And, you know, it, um, for my path, it's, you know, there's a lot, actually a lot of commonality, which I'm sure we'll get into in the podcast, uh, with spirituality. and. Mm-hmm. Because, and it doesn't necessarily have to be sports. It could be, you know, if you're in the arts or, or doing something, having a routine, having a practice, having a community mm-hmm. is very important in, in a young man's life. And, you know, and then, you know, you know I was fortunate to play, play college ball and, and, and see the, the elevation of the game. But when that goes away, that's mm-hmm. a... That's a, that's a part I don't think many understand. And it took me a while too. Like that was a big part of your life, just being around other men, having a routine, practicing for the game. Right. And I think at the end of the day, you know, it's the preparation of the game. You know, it's fun to play the game, but it's that preparation, that practice, which I think people miss and, and having that camaraderie, or at least in, in, my, in my journey with other men. Right. And, and back then, it sounds like, you know, a lot of it was more emphasized on the physical practice. But yes. did, did oh, you yeah. have did you have a spiritual practice back then? Too? No, no, no. no? In a real, yeah, yeah. 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 we all have when we don't it's when we decide to tap into it is when that happens. But yeah, yeah. It was just resting yeah. and waiting. Yeah, right. Lying dormant. Yeah, right, right. Cool. Yeah. So we'll, we'll probably touch on when that happens. But first, um, you after that you went on to to found a communications company and and you you built and sold that for a pretty yeah. successful time in in your life yes um, what was that like yeah that was a uh, yeah that was a, it was it was a journey in itself so when i graduated uh from school i worked at a telecom company for a few years mm-hmm. and uh, i was approached by who ultimately became uh we were co-founders and partners approached me and said, you know, I'm thinking about starting a telecom company. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, there was at that time, it's like, hmm, I knew I didn't want to go in the corporate world and go to the next step and the next step and the next step. Mm -hmm. So just gut instinct said, go with it. And just kind of like we said is I think sports and and, and the DNA that, that, that it came from is you work hard, you just go after it. And, you know, and you're, at that time, you know, I was like, I want to better my life. And by right, right. And that time, in that, in that frame, I was like, well, I want to make more money. I want to own my own business. And what was, was interesting is that journey started when I was 26. And 
I'll never forget this moment. And in between that 26 and I'm going to get to when I was 29, I um, mm-hmm. uh, met my, uh, my soon-to-be wife. So we were dating a year and a half year, got engaged, and had a child within those three years. So, um, and I was making a lot of money. And I remember just being like, something's off. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I don't know why I'm not happy. Like a fulfillment thing? Yeah, there you go. A fulfillment thing. And, um, and I am not now with all the healing and stuff. When I look back is I came from a child of divorce. I came from a child of, uh, financial strain on the, on my parents' marriage. And, um, so to me, to me, happiness and a happiness marriage was, Having owning your own business, making a lot of money, um, have a beautiful wife, and then having children, and you know, right. I'm going to be happy. And so, well, that was happening, and I wasn't fulfilled, like you said. So my uh, former wife and I we went to couples therapy, and after a few sessions, they, you know, the uh, the therapist said, you know, Chris, I think you need to see your own therapist based on mm-hmm. you know, our several discussions. And real, I said the same thing to her that I'm saying to you. And she had a big smile and she goes, have you ever read the book, The Alchemist by Paulo Coelho? And I don't know if you've heard of that book. Uh, I've heard of it. It's on my list, but I've never read it. Yeah. Well, I highly recommend, I highly recommend any young man, any man at that age to read that book. But, you know, it's like an international bestseller. Paulo mm-hmm. Coelho is now recognized as this, like a, one of the top spiritual five, you know, five people out there. Well, I got that book on my hands, I think, in 1999 when nobody even knew that was going, going, going on. But it opened me up. I read it from cover to cover and done in one night. And it was like my heart was open. And that's kind of when the spiritual path started. I, that's when I defined the spiritual path started opening for me. Because I started asking that question, which you uh, asked very eloquently. I would, I use the word purpose, but like, what you know, what keep just going deeper, you know, right. why is this not, you know, why am I not being fulfilled and stuff like that? What about the alchemist that, that brought that out that made you think about that? Well, it totally, and without giving the whole story, it's a, it's a story about Santiago who mm-hmm. just goes on this journey to find this treasure, this hidden treasure. Um, and in the end, the treasure is within himself, but he has to go through this journey and all the ups and downs to get to that place. And, um, and it's just remarkable. And uh, so that's, that's what did it, that this was a journey. And so right when that happened, I read that book, you start identifying things that don't resonate with you. So back to the telecom company, I was making a lot of money and it was providing me, but mm-hmm. I was not fulfilled there. I had to break that down. So I was not fulfilled there. So I had to go through a path of, ease, of, of trying to exit the company from the day to day. And that took 18 months to do, but still had a, a, a business partnership with my partners. But I didn't like everything that was going on within the company. So uh, morally. So I left. And then that was a big period when I left to kind of go deeper in my practice and, 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 and just kind of go more deeper and um, bought a lot of rental homes during that time. So at least I had some income coming in, mm-hmm. but it gave me kind of the space to just really work on myself, really just spend time with myself. And, um, and, and it sounds I- like you said you were going to, you know, relationship therapy too. And so did that, yeah. did that end up working out? It Yeah. And the time being worked out because it was really kind of the environment that I was in. And then when I got out of the environment, you know, that, you know, um, cultivated uh, back, my marriage was back on, you know, it was back on track when we had uh, two more daughters, mm-hmm. really, you know, things were going well for a period of time. So, it, you know, it seems like I think a lot of people often find spirituality when they're, you know, going through, you know, tough times or yeah. at least different intersections in life. Um, Sometimes it's trauma-based, but sometimes it's just letting go of, of uh, something that doesn't serve you. Yes. And, and, you know, without that practice, the lessons of impermanence and, you know, um, just non-grasping, you know, can, can really throw us into a loophole. And I think that's where a lot of our, you know, anxiety and, and the nervous nature of, you know, not knowing what's going to come next or, 
Right. It, you know, when it, when it's, you know, maybe leaving the business that you built and the, the comforts of having that bank account or whatever it is, you know, right. maybe it's where, where am I going to get my next paycheck or whatever. Um, so what are, you know, what are some ways that you combated that and, and how yeah, did the spiritual, spiritual practice, you know, end up, you, you know, know, you know, at that time, you know, it's specific to that, that time. And you said something that is important. And I didn't have, the, we'd say maybe the, my, my interior knowledge at the time, but it's letting stuff go that doesn't serve you, no matter, you know, if it's paying, like you said, a good paycheck. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so my instances was to at least feel comfortable because I was making that at least I had some, when I left that place, I at least had a backup plan. And that's why I said I had some, you know, at least bought 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 some rental homes i went through a process it wasn't just like the next day i i got out of there i took my time but i put a plan together and that was in place but part of that so you, you put it for that instance but it was also saying okay having this intuition that and then this helped with the sports is my physicality just doing something physical like movement right? movement right mm -hmm doing something. And even when I was in that environment, I made it a point to do something every day. If it was, and, and it varied. It went from like weightlifting to maybe running to mm -hmm. swimming, but doing something and physically. And that, ha that helps with, you know, mental and um, emotional, you know, stuff just to move the body and, and start feeling good with yourself. And I think those two things, and then um, at, the, at the time, what I, I used that really helped me was prayer and a, a prayer practice that I put in a place that I've always had that's at the cornerstone is I do the rosaries every day. Mm -hmm. And so I've been doing the rosaries for over 25 years every day. And is that like a morning practice? The morning practice. Mm -hmm. It's before I really start my day with anything, right? I, I do with a cup of coffee in the morning. That is the first thing I do. Mm -hmm. and when you have something like that, you have something to build upon. You know, it's just a foundation. It's something there. And it, it, it's almost like, you know, everything's going to be okay. Yeah. And I think that's where the anxiety comes in, right? Especially when you go through tough times. Where's my next paycheck? Or what's the future hold? And, but this breaks down to ultimately where I think we all want to get to to have our mind is be in the present time. Mm -hmm. Because when we're, you know, when we're in the present time and that's the, that's the beauty of sports that athletes don't even really know, but that's what they miss is being in present time. I mean, they're not thinking about the past right. or, or the, or, or the future. Yeah. I mean, you can't hit a baseball if you're not being present. Right. You know, right. Can't, can't throw a pitch if you're not being present. Right. LeBron James, you know, I was just watching the NBA championships. You know, the greatest, it doesn't have to be LeBron James or anybody. When you're shooting a basketball, you're mm -hmm. not, you know, you have to be in present time. Right. You know? Yeah. And I mean, he's, he's a not, huge. I mean, you're going to shoot an air ball possibly, but, and you may not make a lot of shots, but it's, it's just being in present time. And that, we're not trained to do that. Our mind isn't trained to do that. So, so have, it's important, ahead. you know, you, you feel it's important to have that like non-negotiable, um, like the rosaries for you in the morning. Yes. You know? If, if it's not necessarily something um, in that, you know, religious realm, could it be meditation? Absolutely. Know? So, you know, and my practice has evolved to that where there is meditation and yoga and they all serve the same purpose. And, and for me, the rosaries at the time, at the time, like to me, I don't even view it religious. I just, mm -hmm. you know, I, for me, it's a, it's a spirit. It's a part of my, what I call spiritual fitness plan. I 100%. do those. Yeah. And it's just one of now a few other things um, that continue keeps me present. It keeps me within, works for me. So let's keep on that spiritual and physical practice a little bit, because it sounds like, you know, we're at that point where you're starting to develop that um, in the timeline. And, yeah. you know, um, while we're, while we're on track linear, we might yeah. as well say that way. So yeah. at the beginning of your spiritual practice, did you feel like you were starting to get that fulfillment? Did you start to find purpose in that? Yeah. And so what was happening, um, so that happened, you know, started at 29. I sold the company at 36. So to kind of give you the timeline. So as that was happening, um, that happened when the company, I was building my spiritual fitness practice. So, you know, kind of just playing with it, but, you know, seven years in now. And when I sold the company, the company uh, here, I, I moved to this area. 
this was 2008. And that's mm -hmm. kind of when the mortgage meltdown happened, the auto industry went down. So remember I said I bought all those rental houses and all that real estate. Yeah. Well, it, it seemed like overnight I lost all like all like 50% of value. So all that wealth. So in one transaction, we were selling our company, but everything I was building over on the other side was losing value. And um so grateful for that income that came in, but never really had time to enjoy it. And so my, when that company sold, there was a matter of, uh, of years of cleanup. And I had subsequent from 2008 to 2014, started three businesses that couldn't take off the ground. Mm -hmm. And what had happened during that time is my spiritual fitness practice, remember going all the way back, was getting stronger, like within but the outside world was kind of falling apart, but yet I was, I was still centered, but it took a toll on my marriage and you know, there was big disconnection and uh, my wife and I holistically tried to make it work out. And at a certain point, she just did not want to go any further. Just a, just a, just a too much of the roller coaster. Mm -hmm. I understood. And so in 2000, really 2012, 2013, that's when my marriage, you know, that's when I had a divorce after 17 years. And then that's when I had to rely on everything because then I had to take a, what I call a temporary timeout. I was CEO of another startup. I, I talked to the private investors. I said, I, I have, I'm out. And I knew what I had to do, Harrison. I went all in on my spiritual fitness practice. Mm -hmm. Six months, the rosary, yoga, meditation, reading, writing, all stuff I put in the book. That's what I did for six months and until I got the clarity of what the next step was. Yeah, it sounds like a, a whole lot of persevering too. It is. It is. It is. It's, it's, it, yep, absolutely. It's a journey. And, but without that spiritual practice or even the physical practice, the persevering probably is, is not as easy. Correct. Like, I mean, it, it kind of like goes hand in hand. And then you also along the way become the vulnerability, vulnerability, especially for a man to just realize when you're going through tough times uh, to really have some good people in your corner that you could, you know, share with what's going on and how important that is. Because as males, we feel like, you know, we got everything together. We got everything together. And to, for a sense that is true, but as a male that we all need to express ourselves, And that's why I find right. If you, if, if you, if, if it took me a while before having conversations with people, writing helped me out because it was a way to express myself and how I was feeling. We need to get that. We need to get that out. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people just keep it in. They're scared though. They're scared. Right. You know, um, when, when you're going through this and, and you're, you're learning how to shed that, um, you know, the, the shame almost, you know, that, that's, that can be associated with, with what people label as success or failures, you know, that, that's someone else's definition, number one. And number two, you know, it, it's not easy even when you know that someone else's definition and you're living by your own standards, it's still not easy to be vulnerable. Correct. So what do you think led you to that vulnerability, you know, just to be able to, is, was it the six months of, you know, intensive spiritual practice? Yeah. Um, I think what ultimately, and I share in my book, uh, I think you, yoga for me mm -hmm. is what really opened me up. Uh, mm -hmm. And uh, over time, and especially when I was going through, um, my divorce, I'll never forget this, December 25th, 2014, like it was yesterday. Uh, Jane, the teacher says, get in a humble warrior position, uh, position and I'm just weeping. I am just mm -hmm. weeping on the floor and, you know, like the death of a marriage, the life I thought I was going to have with this woman and my kids and this, and it didn't turn out that way. And then, but that was, and now that I have that terminology, that was a release. That was just a healthy release. So by the time we do this yoga flow and I do on the other side of the humble warrior, I just feel like this like unconditional love, like almost like God was putting this like 
blanket over me and holding me and just like, like, again, I said that, that everything's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, and I think that, that, you know, was the beginning of that process of, of me writing my own book to deal with, to deal with all this, to, to share the vulnerability, to mm-hmm. put myself out there. I think that was the easiest way because I had all these journals that I was doing it, but then the book and then prior to the book, I did a podcast. That's why I appreciate everything you're doing with a good buddy of mine who's been with me for 10 years and still with me at Y-Bar is John Moises. Is like one of those few people you can count on. And we did the podcast to almost have accountability for me to finally get the book out there. And the podcast was another way I can share my vulnerability and express myself. So it's finding that way, Harrison, to express yourself because we all want to express ourselves. And what is that avenue where, yes, it's scary, but what is a safe place first? And then you realize it's, it's really safe everywhere because, um, and that's where we have to learn to have compassion for our own self and forgiveness. And when you can do that for yourself, then you, you see that in others and have that for them. That's beautiful. Yeah. I like the way you put that a lot. Um, and, and so between your book, the humble warrior and the podcast, which went by the same name, yes, it's clear that that humbleness is a key theme in your life. And yeah. I think vulnerability and, and, you know, being humbled can kind of go in hand, hand in hand. Sometimes there's like that humility aspect of it too. Right. Um, and you know, sometimes the ebbs and flows in life can make that a little bit more clear. Um, what, what do you think humbles you the most now? I think that's a good question. Um, I think, you know, I, I think just life itself, meaning like the breath and just being grateful that we are here. And, and I think humble and, and even to take it deeper is that we really are connected, especially in this time where we're seeing, you know, if you, with everything that's going on in the world, we really are one gigantic family being, however you want to look at it. Mm -hmm. and everyone has got their own journey, but yet there is so much love out there that um, I think what's humbling is, is we're all one. We're all one big family, and to really just love one another as we love ourselves. It's like embracing the commonalities, embracing the differences. Absolutely, and Mm -hmm. you know, spiritual, that's maybe the, the word I like to use when everything, but purpose, like everybody just having a great conversation with a friend today. There are people that will be in your life for five minutes, some for a few years and some for maybe your whole earth walk. But when you start to realize everything is purposeful and everybody you meet is purposeful, it's the little things that are important. That's where you find the miracles. That's where you find the love in a stranger and just being present with them. It's not like, Oh, I, found my soulmate or, you know, I've got this big business venture. It's the little things. And when you break it down, it's, it's living in present time. That's where the gift is. Right. Yeah. I relate to that. And I think that mindfulness and and meditation has helped me with that where, you know, sometimes you walk about life, you know, and, and these things are passing us by these moments, these people are passing us by and we take it for granted because it might not be, um, the obvious, you know, here's the love of my life, or here's the most important, you know, job interview or whatnot. But sometimes it's those little interactions that can really have the big impact. Yes. You know, it's kind of like in mindfulness practice, there's always the sitting meditation and the walking meditation. But what about when you're simply just getting out of bed in the morning and your feet are planting on the ground? Can you be mindful in that moment, you know? And yes. When personally, when I've learned to be more mindful in that moment, I, I can appreciate um, you know, that the smaller things and it, it, it does lead to that humbling feeling, yes. you know? Yeah. And when you, when you break down the, and that's, you know, back to sports or whatever, if you're a musician or an, or an artist or whatever, it's all that practicing and all the, 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 the little things, right? So when quote unquote, like a big thing happens, you're prepared. Even what, no matter which way it goes, you're like this big Oak tree in, in a, you know, in, in the middle of this storm, you know, the oak, the whole tree's not, the roots are in there, you know, the, the branches are moving, but the roots, they're set stone and they're going to 
know the storm's going to pass. And that, right. that's, life. that's life. We all have storms. That's great. So, you know, um, just to real quick to go back on this, you know, you're, you're experiencing these ups and downs and, and all that. And I think that there's a lot of people that are listening that are probably experiencing somewhat of an up and down right now, especially right. with, you know, the, the COVID-19 quarantine and, and the people are furloughed or even lost their jobs. People's industries, you know, me being in the music industry, live entertainment's completely shut down. Right. It may seem like some people are, you know, at that point where they're resetting. And yeah. I know, you know, some friends are looking at this as a great, you know, opportunity, but others, you know, probably feel like this is the end of the world. Right. Um, and, and so I, I know you probably felt both feelings at some points in your life with, you know, the ups and downs. So what advice do you have to those listening that are going through that right now? Well, first, what I would say is know that um, from a spiritual perspective that COVID, if that's the word you want to put it, this is a temp. This was a temporary timeout for him. Whatever you want to use, through if you want to use the word universe, God, it was a temporary timeout because the whole world needed a reset. Meaning, remember, we're all one, mm-hmm. and each individual, meaning Harrison, myself, the people that are listening, whatever, we're each dealing with this in a unique way. But it's it's probably at some point every being has said is like, what does this mean to me? How is it this as is affected to me? How is this affecting me? And where I get into that is, is everything happens for a purpose for us. So if this is something that if you lost a job or, you know, things aren't going your way is to have this inner knowing that believe it or not, it is going your way. That's one. And two is, is what I would say is before good stuff can come in, really good stuff in your life, you need to start with baby steps of letting go that letting stuff that doesn't serve you. Mm-hmm. Which maybe cause a little bit of that stress, maybe a little cause you that anxiety or whatever. Am I watching too much TV? Am I, am I, am I on the social media networks too much? Like what's giving, what is contributing to this? What is contributing to it? Um, and, and, and that's like baby steps, just chipping away. So that's the stuff that's letting go. Then what's the stuff that I can do that's good for me? Well, get, get connected to nature. You know, if, you, if you're, phys- if, even if you're just going for a walk, even if you can sit on a bench and put, and the sun is out there, we've had beautiful weather. I mean, this, talk about in Michigan, how blessed we've been during this time. But this was like, no, that sun was out. I was there soaking my face in it just for five minutes to feel the warmth and the vitamin D. Mm-hmm. So just get out and, and just move the body, move the body. Um, so it sounds like you, you're saying like a lot of us tend to personalize these things, you know, when, when really we should probably look at the bigger picture and yes. have, a, have a little bit of, um, you know, faith that, that things are going to work out. And, you know, there's that like almost cliche quote, like you survived, all of your worst days so far, you know, so you're going to likely survive this one too. Right. You know? Yeah. So I, I think that uh, we tend to take these moments that are in general, not so personal. We make them so, so personal um, that it hurts. Uh, and then the other thing you mentioned that, that it seemed to be my takeaway there is like take stock on what you do have, you know, right. and realize, you know, that there's so much out there that's important, you know, between like you're saying with nature and everything, like just the simplicity of being able to, you know, gaze at the sun or put your toes into the grass, you know, that that's, that's something that's a constant, you know, and, and we can, we can definitely talk about the environment and all that, but for now that's not going away. And in your lifetime and my lifetime, hopefully right. that's not going away. So. Right. Um, and you said something in there. I just wanted to just add to what you said is simplify. Right. And, and come from a place of being grateful. Right. And, you know, so, you know, what's causing me, you know, this angst or, you know, and and really drill down on that. And then know that you are part of a bigger plan. So if you want to, again, use God or universe here or creator, um, know that you have the ability to solve the problems that you have or God or the universe would not be planting those to you today. And feel free to lean on that either through some sort of 
prayer practice or, or whatever, or with nature or just getting connected with that one-on-one, -on -one. make that like, maybe like a priority. And I, I, I'm almost guaranteed you'll start feeling better. Yeah. And I mean, personally, I, I honestly feel more connected with God over the last, you know, six months than I, than I have in a long time. There you uh, go. And I think a lot of it comes from the community aspect. My friends and I have committed to, I'm Jewish. So we, we've gathered every Friday throughout this entire period to celebrate Shabbat, the Sabbath, you know, yeah. and it's a really simple, you know, pretty, it's, it's just a really simple thing that we do. We say a couple prayers and it, it's, uh, but, but the simplicity of it has, has given enough buildup to really pay off. And, and I feel that in my day to day. So um, I definitely that, like that. That's awesome. That is awesome. That's great. Yep. And I think that's kind of what I was saying. Like, I think this whole um, COVID, it's like a much bigger thing. And I think you, you just gave a beautiful example. A lot of that type of stuff has happened and is happening. Yeah. Yeah. And I hope, I hope we, we walk away from this with a lot more of those um, examples than, than the latter. Cause right. it's, it's definitely a weird time. And it is. Know, constantly developing and who knows where it will be when people are even listening to this so right, right. <laughs> hey one listener at a time right one listener at a time so yeah let's let's go full circle so we're we're, we're, we're in your part of your story where you meet chef jay and and yeah. uh you, you you know you're introduced to these, these amazing uh bars and in, in yeah. metro detroit and and you, you become part of this brand why bars and yes. you guys find the find this, this company together so yes yeah, how that story evolved is, you know, um, when I was writing my book in the middle of my book, I had a mentor and, um, you know, guiding me through this path because I didn't know where I was going with this book or this podcast or where I was going and told them a little bit uh, about my business background. And she recommended that I read the Surrender Experiment by, by Michael Singer. Now, he's, he's more known for the book, The Untethered Soul. I don't know if you've heard of that book, but... Um, he wrote another book called The Surrender Experiment, and it's about him and his journey of completely surrendering to universe God and working all these odd jobs until he finds this medical billing company, which he eventually sold, I think, over for a billion dollars. But wow. and he was a and he's a yogi at heart. So he was not this this kind of just happened from surrendering. So that kind of hit me because as an entrepreneur. And all these other companies I found, like I started. And so this was kind of, this kind of, the bell kind of went off saying, okay, I need to surrender and we'll, we'll see what comes to me. So while I'm writing this book in 2014, I'm doing all types of odd jobs, even from Ubering to doing some consulting, just doing something. Talk mm -hmm. about being humble, you know, and again, it was all part of this, I think, this humbling process too. Like not, like I am not the job, you know what I'm saying? Like the job is just, just something you're doing um, and really just doing the surrender experiment for myself. And so the book gets published June of 2017. The book comes out. Three months later, November 2017, because of my practice, it's a, it's a blizzard. Mm -hmm. I don't want to go to yoga and I know they're going to close the studio. So I have to adjust my schedule to get there to the first practice because I know they're going to close it. And that's Center for Yoga, which I'm sure you're familiar with. That's, yep. Yep. So after that class, I go right across the street. No one's out there. I go to Be Well across the street for a smoothie. As I'm in there having a smoothie, this young guy comes in with the cardboard box. He's slipping on the ice. <laughs> that, that is Jay. He comes in. I know the owner, Silvio. He's not putting any bars in there unless they're 100% clean. And Chef Jay is dropping off his bars. And I'm like, what are I do with these bars? They're in this clear packaging. And he has one left, one on him and happened to be the cacao bar. And I said, may I, may I have a bite of that bar? And I took a, uh, as soon as I'd been into that, I was like, wow. I just knew. I, divinity knew. Like there mm -hmm. was something here. And he also had a book in his hand. He wrote a book. So I said, do you mind following me? And when we were that, so it's just now him and I in this blizzard. Yeah. He oh, talk about we talk about vulnerability. The kid tells me his whole story. I mean, I was like, I this doesn't get any more vulnerable. This kid is putting out his heart, his whole background. I'm like, I mean, I'm not in tears. I'm in happiness of like, oh my god, I'm, this is great. Like someone's totally opening up. 
and we walk around to my car and we exchange books. Okay. 24 hours later, I go out to his apartment in Oxford. I sit down with him and his fiance and I go, chef, what do you want to do with this? Because the best bar I've had, and I'm a bar guy, by the way. So I've been eating them since I was playing college baseball, the cliff bar. So there's a right. lot of that too. And he goes, I want to make this as big as cliff bar. And I said, you do, you'll do whatever it takes. He said, yes. And I just said, well, let's do it. And we both said, why not? So that was initially where the whole why bars came from. Cause we both said, why not? Yeah. And I love that as a part of your branding too, the, the why not, yeah. you know, and, and it's, and it's, it's still being birthed and you know, some new packaging is going to come out January one. That's really, that's really aligned with what the bar's sole purpose really is. But um, yeah. And then from there, Harrison, because of my yoga background, EMA um, ath- athletic background, I said, you know, the sports world's never had a bar. They had to drink Gatorade. And right. I know why they haven't had a bar, but just because it's not, it's not doing what it needs to do for that. You know? Yeah. And real quick, I mean, I've seen just from my small exposure to, you know, college athletes and all that, like I, I see that some of these brands stock them up with bars. And yeah. they don't get eaten by the athletes. You know, they go to the offices or whatnot where, where yeah. people who aren't so health conscious will, will take Correct. them. So to have a, a product that um, an athlete can get behind and actually use, because honestly, I don't even think most athletes are probably drinking the same Gatorade that. We're no, they don't even drink it anymore. I mean, that's right. like, you know, that put Gatorade on the map is the athletics, right? Right. But, but now they're craving something that's a little Correct. more you know, you engineered for, for their body. So you, you got it. And so, um, you know, I was connected with Lisa McDowell, who's the dietitian nutritionist for the Detroit Red Wings and Detroit Red Wings were our first client. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we get out there and to get into pro sports, you have to go through the dietitian, the nutritionist, the strength coach, the head chef, even before it goes to the athletes. And then you got to hope the athletes love them. So we knew we had something because immediately the, uh, the Red Wings came on the Tigers. And then 2018 was just where you've met us before. Mm-hmm. We did the Eastern, Eastern Market, uh, Royal Oak, Birmingham, just talking over thousands and thousands of people uh, and just finding, you know, what, what they like in their bar, what they don't. And the biggest aha, the biggest aha I got out of that experience is I would say, oh, what bar do you eat? Oh, I eat. You know, so and so, there was no loyalty. They, they have no idea what they're eating. They have no idea what they're eating. They have mm. no idea what they're eating. They forget the name. They don't even know. And I yeah, it's, say, not, it's, it's, it's a brand thing. And it's also, I mean, they don't even know what, what they're eating as far as the ingredients go. You know, you got alone. It. so it's, you it's got a pretty it. bad situation. You got it. And I said, you know, in a, that's what we've been working on. And, you know, is that when, we, when someone has a Y bar and they eat Y bars, if someone came up to a person that's, that's, Y bar is now part of their lifestyle. And they said, what bar do you eat? They would say, I eat a Y bar and here's why. <laughs> Whatever their why is. If it's a pre-post, if they look, need a clean snack, if they need something to curb their appetite. Um, and that's kind of where we're going. And, you know, so we landed, you know, the Lifetime Fitness account, which was a nice account for us. We got in all their uh, facilities. And that took off in 2020 and then we had January, February and then COVID hit. And so, <laughs> you know, it's so, you know, we've been, we, we, we took our lumps with that, but then again, it's like everything happens for a reason. And what it did for us Harrison, it really, we took all that, you know, let's say internal data and not only from our customers and where the bar is selling well and all the information that we had. And we said, okay, over the next three months, we got to dive a little bit deeper and we're going to do a rebrand. And so we are so excited for our new packaging that we'll be rolling out in January. We'll also be rolling out two new flavors, a blueberry bliss and a zesty lemon that are phenomenal. Wow. That, yeah. that I'm really excited personally just because I'm a big fan of these bars. Yeah. Um, if you like the fruit bars, they're great. And I think the cool thing is that, you know, this period is challenging as it is for business owners and, and, and everyone really. Um, it does almost level the playing field you know it's not like it's not like um well you're well why bar is you know feeling this this experience of of this you know moment in time it's not like you know uh cliff bar or whatever is over there you know not experiencing it so and and a lot of in a lot of aspects they might have um a little bit more weight to have to carry it you know at this point where you know uh 
the trajectory of Ybar may not have been, you know, as dependent on these last six months as, as a cliff bar may have been. Um, and so, yeah. like you said, just kind of surrendering to knowing that it's going to work out is, is kind of a beauty. And, and, you know, I love watching what brands and what uh, business owners have been able to do throughout this, you know, whole yeah. period of time, because it has taken a whole shift in, in business plans and mindsets. At a hundred percent. And, you know, and people, you know, people are also evolving, you know, their health is now becoming more of a priority, especially everything that they're going. So people are paying more attention to what they're putting in their body. And, you know, um, you're right, like these, these bigger brands that have been out for 20 years, they have their big name, but they're not going to pivot and all of a sudden, you know, change the formula, right? Mm -hmm. And they have a certain segment of the marketplace that really that segment may not be a, a live our customer, maybe a small subset. And, you know, when we approach this, like you mentioned, perseverance is we said we're going to really concentrate on two areas and let everything fall into place. We said we're going to concentrate on sports, so pro, collegiate, and amateur, because we know this bar, it's the way it makes you feel. It's not only clean and it tastes good, and, when we, and what we believe the purpose of the bar is curbing an appetite up to three hours. That's why you have a snack bar so if you use it as a meal replacement if you use it a pre-post workout if you use it between meals that's what its purpose is mm -hmm. what, what it what it's happening which people don't realize and which i realized through my journey of food it's how it makes you feel it's how it makes you feel <laughs> so that's the kind of like the hidden like secret like it's like that's like when, when you talk about stuff that doesn't serve you, you have to look at your food. That's, right. another, that's another thing that's if you're not like feeling good or you're feeling down, food is energy. And if you're not, so talk about letting go, start letting go of the foods that don't serve you. And you don't have to do it all at once, but I'm sure we all had a laundry list of certain foods or beverages that did not serve us. Yeah, it can be overwhelming. I mean, yes, you got to chip. It's a journey. You, yeah, it's a journey in itself. Mm -hmm. I grew up like as a big soda drinker, and you know, oh, even and and after, I was big into you know athletics as as a younger person, and um, my my fix to hunger after practice or a big sports game was always drive through. You know, right? Um, drop twenty bucks on Taco Bell or McDonald's and uh, fill up the stomach with you know three thousand calories or whatever, but. Yes. And I think when you're that age, I do think it's really important not to indulge like that. But I think that your body can probably, um, you know, rationalize it a little bit more. Right. But as you get older, you know, you start to realize that, that yeah, those foods really just don't serve you. And, and they, they create these like, you know, that holds you back. It, it can really create stress in your body. It can create stress in your mind, it releases chemicals and it's just bad. And I found in myself when I'm eating clean, you know, it feels really great. And like, there's, you know, definitely um, indulgences and treats that, that you can have that fit into clean eating. And, um, you know, even, even sometimes a Y bar for me can be that too, because it's so delicious, you know, so. so that's, you know, that just to touch on that is, you know, we mentioned the relationship with food. So as I mentioned, I was, you know, uh, you know, and every, everything ser serves a purpose. I mean, I was a big cliff bar person. Well, well, as I got deep into my yoga practice and went through yoga teacher training, this is 2012, 2013-ish. I just start like documenting the foods I were putting in my body. Once I had the knowledge, once I had the knowledge, I didn't know this stuff. Then I couldn't really put any more bars in my body. And yet I was eating one of these a day. And then the RX bar came out and the RX bar did a pretty good job calling everybody out in the industry with the no BS, with the simple ingredients. But the RX bar had dates. Not that there's wrong with anything wrong with dates, but they're high in sugar. So as an athlete, as someone, is I would have that RX bar, and because of the high sugars, and it, for me, it didn't taste that great, was that then I would get these hunger pangs. And I would almost like, I'd have to have another one, you know, like two yeah. in, in three hours span. And so I gave up that. And then that was the big void. Then I met the chef. So that's what I'm saying. Spiritually, it was all divine. I was looking for the bar myself. Yeah, my own exactly. Self. And that's why, you, that's why you hear all the passion behind it. 
And that's why we feel like we're just not another bar in a saturated marketplace. It's because I've been on this journey of the bars and I know it's clean. And that's why I'm taking it to the most elite athletes. Not to say, hey, oh my gosh, the professional. It's so it's education for all of us. It's educated. And, and also from a business standpoint, you know, these bars are good and yes. who, who better to represent, you know, to the word of mouth and, and athletes yes. and, you know, people who need these bars, you know, and, and then they get to tell their friends and yeah, obviously it's good for business, but really it's good for, for the athletes and that you keep the customer happy and, and everything works out. You so. got it. And one of the things we need to touch about in the journey and it's in my book is I touch, you know, and I, you know, it develops over time. You have a relationship with your body, but you have a relationship with food. So nutrition is so important. And so that's where you see the spiritual connection with Y bars. So, you know, in the business world, it's tough, but we say we really, we're a spiritual company. Uh, mm -hmm. And everybody in there that works there is working on themselves and um, to be the best person that they can be. And What's great is we manufacture our own bars, so it's our own mind training, watching those bars go through. It's just, again, working on ourselves in present time and know those bars are made with love. And that is, I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. Sounds like uh, you pretty much answered this question um, just by knowing how, how your bars are set apart from any other bar. But, um, and, and it doesn't have to just be you know, Chris Forte's Y bars, it can be right. anyone's, anyone's product or, or, you know, well, uh, this so is my, my, yeah, my question right. though is, um, I, I think like, you know, do you ever find yourself, you know, uh, lost in the comparing mind? Like if you're standing in a, in, in a grocery aisle and, and there's all these, you know, other bars, like it, it, something that I've learned is that nobody is on the same timeline or, or the same, right. you know, everyone's uh, path and growth is so nonlinear to each other. Right. Um, but, but it's still easy to get caught up in that comparing mind, you know, social media brings us about um, in, in people's lives. And obviously with businesses, it's easy to compare and work. It's easy to compare. So what are some of your strategies in dealing with that? Well, it's to break it down. You know, it, first of all, what's worked for me is the only competition is within. And mm -hmm. because you could get caught up in this, this one's doing that. This one's, you know, the only competition is within and to know that there is enough, first of all, for everybody out there. Mm. So it's not like we're trying to get every single bar person that's out there. We are just, we believe that if we continue to just go down our path and be authentic and be truthful about our bar and what it does, that the people that are searching for that are looking for that, that will eventually get connected. And people are just not going to come. That's where the hard work, the perseverance of like, you got to get out there. You can't just, not going to just come to you. You mm -hmm. got to get out. You got to hustle. You have to have the conversations. Um, but again, just knowing that that's, you just take, you know, one breath, one day, one bar at a time. That's all we can do. Right. And take opportunities like this, which I'm so grateful for you having me on my, on this podcast. That's just another avenue. It's another avenue to tell our story. And it's truly a story. It's not just like, Oh, let's just come up with the bar. I mean, the chef had, I'm not even the creator of the bar, you know? And, and that's what's beautiful about this. It's a beautiful story. And the chef has his story and my story and our stories connected when they needed to be connected. So one would say this is like the universe bar. <laughs> but, yeah. You know, you know, so I mean. And I love the one bar at a time mindset because I, I often have to apply that to things, you know, um, going back to just the, the health journey of, of, you know, eating cleaner, right. um, anyone that has like a weight loss journey, they, it's so easy. If, if you want to lose 30 pounds, you know, you want to do that like right now, you want that instant reward, but there's no possible way to lose 30 pounds in one day. So you have to go one day, one pound at a time and, you know, um, or whatever, not even pounds, just one day at a time and just, you know, take, take it step by step because, you yeah. can't quit cigarettes for your whole life tomorrow, but you can do it tomorrow, you know? You got it. And you, I think you said something important with food that we've never been taught is food is fuel. And it, it's also like when you, when you break it down, it's fuel for our bodies so we can perform, you know, and not, not mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually at an optimal level. And when you kind of have your, a different mindset about food 
it's how this should make me feel. And I don't need a ton of it. I just need the right foods. And it takes work to get there, like you said. Um, but you can start, start with just, you know, you, first of all, everybody intuitively knows what's not good for them, you know? And I was, I was always a big overeater myself. And you know, you know, when you overeat, you know, when, and so it's, it's just this, be patient with yourself, have compassion with yourself, but it, it, it's a journey in itself. And trusting in intuition is, is pretty, you know, a, a really big thing I think with eating too. Uh, you yes. mentioned that. And I think that's really uh, a big advantage that, that you can use in your favor. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I want to touch on surrendering a little bit because yeah. it seems like in your situation, you surrendered and, and you were able to find this path. Um, and uh, it made me think a lot about manifestation because yeah. in a lot of ways they're very similar, yeah. um, but maybe the manifestation, the difference is like you have the goal already in mind where surrendering, it's like uh, letting the goal come to you maybe, you know? Um, but in either case, you know, why is it important to have some direction when surrendering or manifesting, you know, um, e even when you like, it, it, it's clear that you were able to surrender, but you never lost the direction. Yeah. Well, I think you said it's like, um, surrendering, you know, you could also use like having faith, you know, or what would be another word that that is like that when you get to a place of surrendering, you're, you're totally just trusting in the process. And sometimes you've hear like manifestations or law of attractions or, and, and some people may get frustrated. I think going down this path saying, you know, I'm, do, I'm doing all this work. Why isn't this coming in my life? And it, I, I believe, and I only use myself as a beta test to keep proving it because you have to truly surrender. You, you do, you have to truly surrender to the process and, and embrace the process. And because before the, before the abundance, before all these great things can come into your life, or we feel these are their great things, right? Is, is again, you have to we'll come back to letting the stuff that doesn't serve you go by the wayside. But part of that surrendering, surrendering, when you're surrendering, you're surrendering to God, universe, higher power, the creator, you feel this intimate love in almost this trust that, like I said, God has my back. So what's going to come into my life is going to come into my life at the right time, at the right time, at the right place. Because you know what? And this is just my words for me. When I was doing it Chris's way and I thought when I got this or I got that or this would happen, I'd be more happier. That didn't work. So I was humbled. I surrendered. And since I've been surrendering, the stuff that keeps coming in my life is coming in and it doesn't come on all at once. That's the beauty is by living this way, you can actually slow time down. You can actually have more joy in your life. But really what you come down to is everything you have is really with is inside of us. So the outside can match the inside, if that may make sense. Mm -hmm. So if I can, if I really want to walk with somebody and love, you know, have a loving partner to walk this whole earth walk with me. Well, you need to be in love with yourself unconditionally, unconditionally. So you can match that right mate for you, let's say, or I want some more money in my life or, you know, this, well, why isn't it in your life? What have you been spending it on in the past? You know, wh where has it been going? You know? So it's like, are you, you feeling voids or are right. there, is there right. anything so, behind it? So it's kind of like we have this saying, I keep shooting myself in the, in the foot. So there's some blockages. So the manifestations are there. The law of attraction is there. The good stuff wants to come in, but you may have a different perception of what that good stuff is that is causing the blockade. And that's where the surrendering comes in. So if someone's listening right now and they're, overwhelmed a little bit by you know seeing you're hearing hearing how you know you've incorporated meditation and, and spirituality and, and your connection with God and all of this into your practice what is one place that someone can start tomorrow 
tomorrow morning, um, you know, what is a five minute, 10 minute practice that they could do tomorrow that, that you feel is uh, an important, you know, catalyst or a way to get them going with momentum? I think if, if someone... Besides just eating a Y bar for breakfast. Yeah, yeah, right, right. If you get a little hungry, have the Y bar, right? Mm-hmm. Now, uh, if someone had told me, this is what I, now what I know, I wish this is what I would have heard if I was in a tough spot whatever it may be in a relationship or COVID or work is ask for help and mm-hmm. you don't have to go to anybody else. Ask for help to whatever your belief system is. If it's, if this is non-religious, this is like, go to God, go to the universe, just ask for help and, and just sit with that and whatever you, and then pray about it. And whatever that can be, if that's just writing something or saying it out loud, but express yourself, talk about what's going on, talk about it to who you're going to surrender to. And I think that, and then if there's something you can do, maybe that you're not doing every morning that you want to incorporate, that helps you get connected to that, do that. And that would be a start. That's great. Yeah. So, and have compassion. Take your t- take time. This doesn't happen overnight. Yeah, the compassion part is is huge. You know, people are so hard on themselves, and uh, and that's the thing. Know that you're loved. Know yeah. that there's a there's a there's a there's a a love out there that is so surrounds each one of us. Yeah, and if they don't believe it, then I know that both of us can confidently say that that we both send our love to to our listeners and to you know just general humans out there in general. So yes, which is a really beautiful thing. Um, You mentioned uh, Y Bar, and and in January there's going to be a cool you know new packaging and rebranding. Sure. What does what does the future look like for Y Bar? You know, I think that it's just like a spiritual practice, like anything, right? Like anything you know, takes time to kind of like mature to, if you want to say get better or birth. Like I feel like the 2017 to the end of this year was really kind of like finding out who Y bars is meaning that because at the end of the day, it is also a business, right? And we're in a saturated market. So what, what have we learned in these, let's say three years that we can now stand behind 100% the whole way from here on out of who Y bars is and why this bar was created. So we know the story, a little bit of the story behind, you know, Chef and how we met and the why not, but the why has a different meaning. And really what our why is, is asking everybody is what's your why? Why do you pick up a bar? And so on our new packaging, I will tell you what our why is, is we wanted to create something that was simple with clean ingredients, tastes great and curbs the appetite. And so that's what you're gonna see. It's gonna be here's why on the back of the packaging. And then we're gonna have three hours of fuel because that's the purpose of our bar. That's what the bar does. Now, with the, the consumer knowing that, that, wow, this is a bar that's clean with simple ingredients, it tastes great, and it's going to give me three hours of fuel, what's my why? Why am I going to bring this bar in my life? What can this bar now do for me? And that's, it puts, it puts and a lot of intention in it. Yeah, I love that. Yes. Because all our whys are different. You know, you know, I, I, I have the apple bar for breakfast with my coffee. That, that's what works for me. I actually, I had a cacao bar at two o'clock because I knew I had a four thirty yoga practice. That's how I use the Y bar, but that's how Chris Forte does it. So Harrison takes the Y bar on his hike. That's his why. That's why he has the Y bar. Yeah, I and do. I do. Right. Go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say, and they, they sure do fuel me. Um, and right. you know, it's, it's like uh, I, I could snack on some of these other bars, like 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 they're you know potato chips almost. Whereas like the Y bar, so it it does have that sustenance. So and let um, me ask you, I mean, yeah. I, I, how do you feel? Like you do, subconsciously you probably don't even know, but it does the job. You know what I'm saying? Like you don't feel overstuffed. You don't get these high sugar crashes. 
Yeah, I mean, it's funny because you, you talked about the other bars because it seems like even even when you were eating some of the other bars, some people would maybe consider those okay, suitable, you know, and um, like the RX bar, you know, uh, some other date-based bars, you know, I'm, I, I can frequent, but um, they don't necessarily fit what I'm looking for, you know, um, in, in the food for fuel. Um, right. And you know, having, having coconut oil and chia seeds and, and, yes. and the combinations of, you know, the texture and the flavor of the Y bar to me, is just like, it does, it gives me a little bit more fuel. Yes. Um, and, and the, there's no sugar, you know, cr- not the sugar crash, but just a sugar rush, which isn't necessarily right. like looking for from an energy bar. So, right. And that's, it's all, these are all natural ingredients and, you know, and, and really the attribute, which you mentioned is like, you know, what, is, is the chia seed. So the chia seeds, you know, super antioxidant, but what the chia seeds purpose in this bar is that's what can curb the appetite. Like, you know, if you put chia seeds in water, they expand. Mm-hmm. But we use the right amount of chia seeds where it doesn't, you, you, you don't feel that expansion in, in, in your gut or your belly. It just, just does enough to where it's going to, it's going to curb your appetite. And what's great is I know a lot of people that don't even eat the whole bar, you know, they'll eat part of it or and a lot of women, uh, give it to their child will break off a piece so it serves so many different purposes and that that's just beauty to hear continue to hear those stories yeah and i think you're going to continue hearing them as as you grow because uh i'm confident that you know we'll be seeing y bars and grocery stores and and uh you know athletic departments all across the country as as the time goes on because um the proof is in the pudding or the proof is in the protein bar so (laughs) (laughs) um what is, uh, what is one message that you'd want listeners to know um, about Chris Forte, um, just, you know, about yourself as, as a person? You know, that um, you and I are the same. You know, we, 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 come, we, we maybe come from different backgrounds or different places across the country or the globe, but we are all one. We are all, we're actually all spiritual beings here having a human experience, and that's what makes us connected. And I think that, you know, one of my uh, mentors and teachers said something a long time ago, love your neighbor as yourself. And if we can get to that place, we're going to live in a much loving world and just know that it starts with ourselves. And sometimes it may appear that you have to be selfish for your own love, but know that you're loved. And I think that's the main thing is know that you're loved. I love you and uh, know that you're loved. That's amazing. And I, I think that's uh, probably a really great place to wrap this up to, to you know, um, is there anything else that listeners should know? Uh, where, where can they find Y bars and how can they request more if, if they're not in a place where their you know, grocery stores have them, how can they order yeah. them? So our website, ybars.com, uh, they're also on Amazon. Um, so they're there. And if you ever, and if you're interested in my book, the humble warrior spiritual tools for living a purposeful life, that is also on Amazon as well. That's great. So, uh, and, and can, can users connect with you, uh, anywhere, social media or whatever? Yep. I'm on LinkedIn, Instagram. My handle is Chris HW, uh, at Y bars, Instagram. Um, yep. Great. All the social networks. Absolutely. Oh, and I, really- I love you and grateful for having me on today. I love you too, man. And I really appreciate you coming on and I look forward to having lots more conversations with you and, uh, hopefully bring you back on the show. Why not? Cool. So talk to you later, Chris. Bye, brother. See you.